Welcome, everybody. This is Eleanor Hayward and Jody Harbour and our very special guest today, Asha Frost. You are likely watching this on Skyward TV and Hopeful Radio, and we are so grateful for this platform, these platforms that give us a space to discuss the spiritual path to mental wellness. I would like to start us off with a land acknowledgement. As a settler descendant, I here acknowledge the past and current stewards of this land, the Haudenosaunee, Wendat, Huron, and Ottawanderon peoples. We have a responsibility to honor and respect the four directions, the land, waters, plants, animals, and ancestors that walked before before us. This territory of Burlington, where I am, is between Niagara Falls and Toronto, for anybody outside the area, is subject to the Dish with One Spoon Wampum Belt Covenant, which is an agreement between the Haudenosaunee Six Nations Confederacy, the Anishinaabe Ojibwe, and allied nations to peaceably share and care for the lands and the relationships around the Great Lakes. We acknowledge and thank the Mississaugas of the Credit First Nation for sharing their traditional territory with us. And I personally am very grateful to the waxing moon. It was so lovely out the other night. A bountiful harvest season and the autumn season. Um, welcoming Asha Frost. She is an Ojibwe woman from Newmarket, which is north of Toronto. He, the he, rain, healing rainbow woman, which just... I love that name. That's beautiful. She who walks with the path with the Thunderbirds. So I will pass it to Jody, who is the a co-founder of Grandmother's Voice, an Indigenous organization in Halton Region. Jody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, we started in Halton Region, and and we are we you know just making our way through many territories that is are, are really connecting with the people who who want to do this work who who love to share their love and i'm mm-hmm. so grateful to be in this space uh right be in this space first like i'm going to acknowledge asha that i'm here with you before i even acknowledge myself i'm so excited uh but just uh scano jody nigaso my name is Jody Harbor. I'm an I identify as an urban indigenous woman. My great grandmother was of the Cayuga Nation, Six Nations of the Grand River Territory. Uh, I feel her. I feel her with me and have for for a long time. And uh, and through this way of being, I get to I, I get to feel that. I get to know that. And in this time, we get to actually acknowledge it, talk about it, share it. It's an honor. I'm a mom of two beautiful children, auntie, wife, you know, just loving sister uh, to the women in my life. And I'm grateful to be able to be here and and share my voice. And I I do feel like it's on behalf of my ancestors that never had that opportunity to, to be able to share and talk like this. I'm, uh, yes, a part, a part of grandmother's voice, which is I'm, I'm one of many people who have, I'm, I'm finding the same vision we're coming together and uh, and knowing that we have women out there who are leading like Asha, it is a true honor. You know, in the back room, we are saying how excited our our sisters are in our community is to know that we're actually cre- having this space and time with you. So it's an honor to meet you today and to be able to share this um, this conversation later is really um, exciting for us. So uh, Nyawa for being here, Asha, and you know, please tell tell us who you are. Tell everyone who's going to be visiting with us at some point in time in the future who you are. 
Oh, Miigwech. I um I'm it's an honor to be here and your your opening words brought tears to my eyes because I feel sometimes the path feels lonely and we can forget that there are, are there are sisters that are holding our hands and doing this together. So I just feel very welcomed in a space of belonging in, in your space. So Miigwech. My spirit name is Healing Rainbow Woman, and it's also she who walks the path of the Thunderbirds. I am from the traditional territories of Nishing um, Agaming, so Cape Croker First Nation on my mother's side and Serpent River on my father's side. And I have membership at Cape Croker, and I am from the Crane Clan. I am a mama of two boys, and you know, just very much like Jodi, an auntie and a friend and a sister. And those parts of my life, I think, are so treasured—a treasured part of my life, as well as a healer and an author and a speaker. And it's it's beautiful to be in community here with with all of you. So thank you for having me. There's my book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it, we have so much. I'm like, I was sitting here saying, I have your book. I had my audible. I, you, you actually did your audible, right? This is your voice. I, I when you started to speak in this book, I was I, like on my audible, I was like, I love her. Oh, like we were, I felt so connected. And the more I heard you speak, I was like, um, yes connected. I tell everyone we share your book in our sister circle. We share your book all the time. We bring it in our conversations. And, um, you know, I just, your voice was beautiful and the work that you do is, is awesome. So let's talk about that and how you really, um, I think you really resonated, shook up, moved, however you want to, to, you know, start it. You did something really brave and courageous and I'm grateful. You know, and I re- I actually look back at your letter quite often and I'm, I'm kind of getting well, like I'm crying right now because of how grateful I was to read that, um, this letter, you know, to the white woman who, uh, who wants to be like me. And a part of my journey is that I'm not indigenous enough, mm-hmm. but I look at my family and I'm like, Hey, how come I didn't get everything that they got? Uh, but that's also a challenge. For women like me who are indigenous, who are having space and place, I get the, you know, um, this, the look up and down, what, who's like, how indigenous are you? What percentage are you? But I'd love to, before we really get into all of the other um, beautiful work we do, let's talk about this, this difficult conversation and how and why, and how did, where did that come up? I know because I listened to your book and read it. Well, first I want to acknowledge and validate that I think I can say all of us feel non-Indigenous enough because the the colonial trauma that we've experienced. So I think that no matter how Indigenous we are, I think that we all have that similar wound. And sometimes it plays out, we play that out with one another. And I think that I want to just bring compassion into that space for all all people, because I think that identity, um, we're constantly negotiating it, reclaiming it, um, healing with it. So I want to acknowledge, thank you so much for that vulnerable share, because I feel that too, right? I feel that too. So this letter came about over years and years of me struggling. And at the time I was doing a lot of in-person work, a lot of community work and circle work, um, private practice work. And social media wasn't really on the scene at the time as much as it is, as it is now. 
but there would be people that I would see that would be taking our teachings and they were non-Indigenous. And for some reason, they'd feel entitled to use them as their own. And I was in a space at the time where I didn't feel like I could share any of my teachings because I just felt I had all that trauma of them being taken and stripped away. And who was I to share these? And who was I to even practice them? There was that barrier of trauma in between me and the medicine. So I was struggling with that. And I think that's really what started to spark within me. I was feeling anger, rage, sadness, grief, all of these emotions rise every time I would see these people teach our teachings. And I I would think to myself, how is this fair? But I sat with it for a good five or six years, because I tend to be a person who likes to think about things. I'm not very reactive and I want to sort of look at my own part in it and heal through it. But one day I couldn't do that anymore. And I thought something really is happening. And social media was just starting to come alive and people were starting to share our teachings online. So you'd see a lot of people use them in marketing ways. So they'd have like a sage stick just like flying around the air. And it was it was not used in a very reverent or sacred way. That's a judgment perhaps, but I could feel it in my body. So I kept feeling the shaking and shaking every time I'd feel it. There would be other folks using it I wouldn't feel that with. So it was just a very particular energy that felt like that co-opting or taking or extractive that I could still feel in my body today. It's still a very a visceral feeling. And my friend that I would talk to about it all the time, she's she's white and she'd say, I think you need to say something. I think you need to write a letter. So she actually sparked the idea. And I had a blog at the time. Nobody read my blog. <laughs> I mean, some people read it, my clients did, but nobody else really read it. And I wrote this letter, dear white woman who wants to be like me, because over the years, even since I was I was younger, a teenager, people would say, oh my goodness, you're so lucky to be Indigenous. Um, or, oh my gosh, I love your earrings. Or, oh, I love this. And I I was an Indigenous person in a past life. Or I wish I had a status card. Or how do I get a status card? All these things that we hear from, from non-Indigenous people all the time. And I just felt like this feeling of, I, I don't even feel worthy enough to take up space as an Indigenous woman on my own land. I need to speak about this. So I did. And I wrote this letter And I was terrified to share it because, again, I wanted to, hmm, I wanted to come from a heart place, a heart-centered place, because that tends to be my way. And I knew there was fierce words in it, and I knew that it would invoke something, but I didn't think so many people would read it. So I put it out there on my Instagram and on my blog, and it went viral. And it went viral pretty fast. And I wasn't ready for the, I'm going to say backlash or reaction or interaction. At the time, I didn't have a really big platform. So I wasn't ready for all the people to respond to it. And some people responded with gratitude. Other people responded, they were very angry. And my inboxes were flooded with and what it really did was invited people. People just felt the invitation to tell me their stories. And you have to imagine. I, I am a space holder. I'd been a healer for 15 years. I'm used to listening to people, but you have to imagine all of this unsolicited um, emails and messages of people just wanting to tell their stories, which also shows we don't have enough spaces for storytelling and story listening, right? But I was so overwhelmed. I couldn't listen to these pages. People would write me essays of their stories and and why in past lives they're Indigenous, so they weren't taking and trying to prove themselves to me and ultimately trying to get me to say, I wasn't talking about you or to validate them. 
And I didn't have the capacity for this. I had two young, young children. My, I had a baby at the time. I couldn't, I couldn't give them what they needed. Um, so it was kind of a hard experience to have something go viral and me not be ready for what was going to happen after. Um, and, but then also, it also opened up my, um, my platform and for me to be seen as an indigenous woman. So it was also very beautiful. It was all beautiful. <laughs> we don't ever know how people will react, especially in reconciliation, truth and reconciliation. We have no idea, you know, every space is different. So, um, Eleanor, what do you think? See, oh. first, you're amazing. Amazing. You're both so amazing. And this is great. I wish I'd read the letter. I will certainly look for that. But I, I know that that's what you entered into a contest, if that's the right word, with Hay House, which is a publishing company that I'm familiar with. Louise Hay is and her her How to Heal Your Life book was transformative for my life. And I share it with my clients all the time. Um, I'm also a, a healer. And one particular part of your book jumped out because you won the contest <laughs> and you got this book deal with Hay House, which is amazing. The first indigenous woman. So you are the medicine, which is very similar to um, another guest we've had, Dennis Windigo. And he says, you are land, you are medicine. And mm. it's like, oh yes, this is beautiful. And grandmother's voice has that on a, on a sweater that I, I got as well. So this passage from the sugar moon Four ways to love yourself unconditionally. And number one is unweave yourself from the story of conditional worth. And this has been huge inner work for me personally. Both white supremacy and patriarchal conditioning have falsely told us that we are only worthy when producing, accomplishing new heights, or gaining status somehow. Dr. Valerie Rain coined the term PSD and wrote the book Patriarchy Stress Disorder to describe the ancestral and collective trauma that affects those who identify as women. She believes that this prevents us from stepping into our joyful success and fulfillment. And if this isn't the spiritual path to mental health, I'm not sure what is. So one of the themes of this show, um, along with truth and reconciliation in Canada here is, is decolonization, because as much as I, I honor decolonization as a, an institutional policy practice, I believe it is also a spiritual mindset. It's also a heart set. It's it's in our bodies, this process of colonization. And you use the word extraction, Asha. It's a it's a process of extraction and exploitation. And as a, a settler, I I think on one branch of my family, I'm eighth generation Canadian from the United Kingdom. And I feel a responsibility to to shift this narrative and how can we find a path to peace. And I know that that begins within. So please Tell us um, in your perspective, Asha, about, about white supremacy and the patriarchy stress disorder. How does this fit into decolonization for you, please? Oh, I like to, I really love the word re-indigenization. I think, um, I think colonization, decolonizing is really important. And I really love, how are we going to have a vision for the future? Because we can spend our entire lives unwinding, unweaving, doing the work, which I think is so important. And then what are we going to replace it with? What is the vision that we carry? How do we make more space and room for that? Um, because I think that that equal is like an equal part that we need to hold space for. So I am here for the decolonizing, but I'm even more here for the re-indigenizing and also even just taking up space. Like I think um, space and land that has been stripped from us 
feeling worthy of even taking up space. For me, it was for Hey House, it's like on the stage, taking up space on the stage when nobody else who looked like me never has done that. So right now, sometimes I will be honest, it feels like tiptoes, like my toes are there, but how can I breathe in to actually stretch that capacity out when sometimes those systems won't even make a room or space for me? And that is a very real lived experience that happens in these systems of white supremacy and patriarchal and capitalism and colonialism is the ex- they are so used to extracting and taking and colonizing. And you know, that it's like, what do you mean make space? We've never done this before. So it's a lot of me stepping into a space and inviting other Indigenous folks to step into these spaces or um, folks of color, because I think that I tend to, to work with, you know, different intersections and saying like, actually, you you are worthy of this. You are worthy of taking up the space. You're worthy of, um, even though the systems are telling you that you're not. So for me, uh, space is a huge, important part of this. Also, I want to use entitlement as a word because I think that we can think that's like a a bad word that people feel entitled, but how do we practice healthy entitlement, feeling actually worthy of, okay, my voice is needed here. And it's been a huge practice for me in a very white publishing world that is steeped in capitalism, colonialism, white supremacy. Um, I have to practice that. It feels like every moment of every day of saying, oh, I'm worthy of this space. And also navigating tokenism, navigating like being one of the onlys, navigating being only trailblazer and being the person that's sort of doing it when there's not a lot of people to show me the way. And I have to trust there are others just holding my hands and coming along with me. So those are the ways that it's reflected in my own experience. And I see how these systems will continue to perpetuate this harm. So we have to intentionally, intentionally just negotiate that within our own energy spaces to say, I'm standing for this instead. And that's what I hope my work does. And I hope it ripples out for other people to see like, you are worthy of this indigenous youth. You are worthy of having space made for you. And how can I be that person that is leaving that legacy for the generations behind me? So that's how it shows up for me. I love that. You say, you say, you speak, you speak my language. I'm not going to lie. I just, I love, I, um, I love, love. And I think that, uh, as an entrepreneur, I've been an entrepreneur for, um, very young, young age. And the work that, that grandmother's voice and myself does in my own area is, is really trying to create those spaces for, um, the, the two worlds will say to come together. And you said so much that I want to talk about. So I'm going to try to keep my mind on track. Uh, the word that came to mind when you're speaking of entitlement to me was something that grandmother Renee Thomas Hill speaks about um, when she's, she says peace, power, and righteousness. Mm-hmm. And we get a lot of, um, you know, a lot of people say, what do you mean righteousness? That's, you know, can that be ego? And no, you know, it was not ego before, capitalism colonization it was not it was knowing your place and in in the power that you have is inside so um you know we have that conversation a lot and it is a challenge in those spaces and places and that's what i found just so um graceful about your you know essence and what you deliver in your book and in your in everything that you do and what you stand for is that space and place and you know it's not even about being safe 
Like, let's just leave that out and just, and just show up holy mm-hmm. and open. And how can we really move forward together on this path, you know, from truth to reconciliation to relationship mm-hmm. or be relationship. And so um, you inspire me to uh, stand in my power and, and encourage me to continue on my path and um, and over the last couple of days, so we I do quite a bit of work in the corporate world, and that's that. That's when you were like tiptoeing. I was like, ooh, 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 that is me because you know you get in this space, and I've always sat at these boardroom tables. I've been you know the only woman at some of these boardroom tables, and and now I show up and I say, you know, like 20, 30, 25 years ago, I couldn't bring spirit into that table. I used to get kicked by my husband under the table. Don't talk like that, you know, or they don't understand. And now I I show up with my two-row wampum and that's how I start the conversation. Mm-hmm. And then our contract is about let's let's write a letter of relationship and talk about this. And then if we're really want, you know, it's not just a transaction any longer. And so it's a really deep so I just want to acknowledge that um I drop your book everywhere. When I'm finished my meetings, I say, you know, especially to those who are really in their mind and want to do the work, but they they just don't know how to to go lower. They don't. They just don't. Um, and so I, I I just want to acknowledge you right now and, and thank you so much for um, providing me some language and some tools to show up in those spaces to be grace for. Um, those wanting to learn more because I like, I'm really controlled right now, Asha, when you get to know me more, I'm all about, let's do it. Let's jump in. Come on. Let's all be vulnerable. Uh, So I just want to acknowledge that. And there's so much in your book. Uh, I just want to acknowledge as well, how you opened your book Mm -hmm. in this beautiful ceremony and, and how you create that space for people. Mm -hmm. And um, if there's, if there's anything that we can um, leave this circle with right now to give you that opportunity is to give you that opportunity to share your message with the people that will see this um, besides listening or buying the book or um, the cards, which I hope we get, we, we're going to ask you to pull one of your cards before we move on uh, or before we leave uh, the space together. But if you could share a message of inspiration to the people that will watch this video, When you were talking, I mean, it always comes to me as a vision. So as you're talking, what I felt was your, first of all, your open heart, your open heartedness in the way that your medicine shows up in the world and how courageous and brave it is to live with an open heart because an open heart, there's, there's really, um, (laughs) I mean, we guard ourselves so much, right? We guard ourselves, we scrunch ourselves up, but an open heart is vulnerable to these things coming in, but also think about the beauty that can ripple out from an open heart. So let's just actually somatically practice this. Let's take a breath and feel into, can I open my capacity to open my heart up a little bit more today in my relationships, in my interactions, in my communications, knowing that my ancestors in the spirit world are protecting me, knowing that I have animal allies and beings, the plants and the trees and the waters, they protect my heart. They are here. They are holding me. Can I open my heart a little bit and come from the heart and the spirit? You're so colonized to always come from our minds. And as you said, let's drop in 
and drop into that truth that we are land and we are medicine. And maybe perhaps feel what does the spirit of my heart feel like, look like, sound like in the world? If I was to meet another, how could I relate to their spirit of their heart? Just imagine all of us doing that together. Mm. How would that look? How would that feel? We can open our eyes. Mm. I think that in all of the spaces and places that I speak in, um, that I lecture in, that I talk to, I, I do a diverse, you know, pl- spaces. There's sometimes there's corporate, sometimes there's healing spaces. But what I notice the most is we want to always jump into that very colonial white supremacy way of being, which is just like mind, 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 take notes, PowerPoints. Like, how can we like get out of it's like, and I say, you know, they're like, well, even schools, they'll say, well, do we want to take notes? I said, these are kindergarten and grade one to three children. They don't need to be taking notes. How do we like relate to each other and feel the energy and the medicine in our bodies and our hearts and our spirits? That's what I'm making room for is getting out of our, not that our minds aren't aren't important, but we've done that for years now. Can we just lay that down for a little bit? Because all the, all the information coming at us constantly 24 seven, we do not have the capacity to absorb it, to integrate it and to live it out. We just don't because we're practicing, we're not practicing mind and spirit and heart work or spirit and heart work for all up here. So let's get into the heart. Let's relate to each other from the heart. And that's what you do, Jody. That's what I feel so powerfully from your medicine. So make what Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Okay. Can we just make this like two hours long? Uh, We could keep going and keep going. Do you have anything, Eleanor, before we ask uh, Asha to pull a card? Yeah. And I think this, this fits in another passage from the book that really resonated with me. If we all lived in a reciprocal way, the flow of abundance would begin to cut through the systems and structures that keep us down. Gratitude is the gateway for abundance. Practice mindfulness, share, give back, and walk with grace. If we all walked in this indigenous way, our earth would heal. Mm -hmm. That is medicine right there in a paragraph. Thank you, Asha, for sharing your medicine with us. I would love to hear a card. I'm going to do a reading for everyone here. We're going to do a three card reading. So this is from my sacred medicine Oracle deck. And this is a dream. I had a dream of having a deck since I was 20 and it was actually with Hay House. So I also want to leave behind now I'm 46. So the dream took 26 years to come true. So please hold your dream in your heart because um, one day it may come true. Okay. So we're going to do a three card reading one for the past and everything that you're just moving through currently, you know, like the stuff that you've just woven through one for the present energies and then one for the future. Okay. So let's see, what do we get? Oh, so the past is the medicine bag card, the gather card. So this speaks to different aspects of wisdom, different aspects of your medicine, different aspects of healing that you've been going through. And, um, All the reclamation that's been coming that you can now sit and hold in your medicine bag as knowing to teach with the world. So this is actually an initiation to say, you've learned those lessons. You've gone through those hard times and those challenges. Now, what can you reclaim from that and bring into wisdom so that you can share that with humanity, which is needed so much at this time? What is in your medicine bag to share 
Um, what is the medicine that you're holding and really claiming that it's so important. And I think we're not, you know, we were, we talked a little bit about, um, what was the word that you used? I loved it, but I was thinking about like holding humility in a really beautiful way. Like we always think of humility as shrinking or being small, but like, let's be with one with creation and see that we are medicine keepers. We can do that still with grace. We can still do that and hold it in a non-egoic way. So the current is the shaker card, the truth Mm. card. Now this is quite the like activation card. So this is the current card And there's a lot of activation going on collectively right now. Mm -hmm. So we have a lot of fiery energy happening. Lots of things are burning up. Lots of truth is surfacing. This is probably speaking to the collective energy. How can you be part of it? What is your, your voice? What is your voice asking? And with this card of the medicine bag, we're really asking, like, what is the wisdom that you've claimed over the last cycle or season? And now how can you put it into practice? Now, how can you actually be the advocate, the ally, the, the person of medicine who's speaking into the world? Because we need we need that. We need those voices to be brave. Um, we think about courage and that letter that we talked about, that took a lot of courage um, and it wasn't easy, but it ended up being such a blessing. So your truth can too. Here's the future. The full spirit moon card. Mm-hmm. So the future is bright, beautiful ones. <laughs> The future is bright. Um, Grandmother Moon doesn't hide when she's in her fullness expression. She's just like, I went through my cycle. Here I am. Everybody watch my shine. And this is what's calling to you. How can you step out in your fullest expression? Those doubts, those fears, those um, what I call the inner critic or inner oppressor voices. How can you tend to those so that you can actually let your medicine shine through in the fullness of what it is? So there's a lot of um, activation here of your medicine gift. You see. There you go. There you go. So the future is so good. Miigwech. Yeah. Oh, Miigwech for you. That's so fun. And I think the the best part, because I, I love oracles too. Like I think, you know, for I'm not, I'm not 46, but I, I've been that path and been there, done that. Hey house has been a big part of, of my journey too, because when there wasn't, when there was, I wasn't connected, um, you know, that they, they were there to, to guide and, and it was, I was grateful. Um, and I am so proud to see you in that realm. It is so amazing to see you there. So I'm, proud, excited, uh, grateful for this space and time and Eleanor for like, you know, pushing this and saying like, let's do this. Um, you know, reconciling humanity is a passion for both of us, for both sides to bring, to bring the people together in a time to shine. Uh, Nyawa Asha, I want to bring you in person somewhere where we are and join our circle, uh, next year. And let's introduce you to our community. I would love it. Um, in person. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm so grateful. Thank you both Eleanor and Jody. This has been such a blessing to be with you. And I'm here to, I'm really here to hold that vision of the bridge too, just to have us all, we need all of us, right. To come together for reconciliation. So make with all my heart. Thank you. Thank you so much, Asha. And I, I perceive gratitude, which is a huge element of healing um, from your passage there, but humility as a deep sense of gratitude. Mm, like, ooh, I love I, that. like that when I, when I heard that. So thank you so much. Oh, I I much. 
gratitude and uh, for your time and space here with us. And I would love for you to come to a grandmother's voice event next year. That sounds amazing. Oh, <laughs> oh, it's so nice to be with both of you and uh, just let me know how, just let me know. How, I'd love to share this too. Um, if I can, with my community. Absolutely. Yes. So thank you so much for watching Reconciling Humanity on Skyward TV and Hopeful Radio. Very blessed for your presence and your attention. And please share with us your feedback, your questions. Blessed be.